broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank on Branham. Uh, Joe George efforting Michael Lombardi. Uh, Corey, this this news just broke. Corey Seager undergoes uh, sports hernia surgery. Uh, Jeff Wilson of the of Rangers today reporting this. He apparently suffered the injury during the postseason, but it hasn't improved in recent months, eventually leading to him to go under the knife. Uh, the club is hopeful that he could be ready for opening day. The concern level is not very high. How about him waiting until a week before pitchers and catchers report from having the surgery? He is, had it in the postseason. Is he tight with McCullers? I know. Like, that's what <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking. Seriously, right away I'm thinking, anybody give you the same advice that Lance got? Because that's not a very smart move. He en- he goes and enjoys his offseason. <laughs> he waits right before. He doesn't want camp. He doesn't want to do spring training. He doesn't want to. I don't know where they do their. Uh, I don't know if they're in Arizona or if they're in Florida. Yeah, I, don't I don't know if they're Sunshine or Cactus League. But if they're in the Sunshine League, he doesn't want to, you know, hi- like, Drive down the roads to Kissimmee and West Palm Beach. Like that would be a little bit annoyed if he was a Houston Astro about that. Speaking Especially of uh, the amount of money he's making, too. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, they say he's gonna be ready for Opening Day. Well, but you, if you, you had this in December, well, also, when's the last time you heard that phrase? Yeah, yeah. I'm Michael Brantley. I mean, there's all kinds of bad, bad juju all over this one. Like, why? Did, why are you waiting this long? Last time we heard a GM say, hey, he'll be ready opening day. Be careful there, Ranger we, uh, fans. <laughs> we know that story all too well. Lance McCullers, is, uh, he's going to be in action tonight, tonight. Yeah. at the uh, the Houston Sports Awards. Do you care about the Houston Sports Awards? 713-780-3776. Joe, do we have to care about the Houston Sports Awards? Is that something that we have to care no, about? because we're not. I don't. I don't know our don't relationship we're, we're with not, the authority. We're not tied to them anymore. I mean, we're going to go cover it. We're going to have people out there, but... We're not like you know. We're not partnered with them or anything no. like that. So we don't have to pretend to like it. Oh, it's cool thing. We don't have like, to do shows from the runway and stuff no, like that. No, the runway, <laughs> red carpet, same thing. The I'll runway. tell you what. The one thing that they do do to raise money for charity, which would be a hell of a cool prize, is they do this golden ticket drawing, where if you get if you win the golden ticket, you get season tickets. For every sports team in town, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. That's that would be pre- that would be pretty solid. I mean, I'm having fun with it. They do a they do a the good job, and uh, that's a it's a cool event. But uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Michael Lombardi, big league does so. Michael Lombardi's missing his chance to talk to the Killer Bees. So you know, screw you, Michael Lombardi. You wanted to promote your new book with the Killer Bees? Adios. You're not promoting your new book with the Killer Bees. You're not. I'm not even going to say the name of the new book, Michael Lombardi. Plus, I didn't want to talk to Michael Lombardi anyways. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. This is something we were going to get to in the last segment, but we ran out of time because we talked about the unicorn, Ben Johnson. Do you believe that Damian Pierce can figure it out at all? I think it's not about Damian Pierce figuring it out. It's can he fit into this system or can Damian Pierce still find a home in the NFL where he can be who he was his rookie year with the Texans. I I think that Damian Pierce, you look at the fact that he has attributes that NFL teams and general managers are interested in when you look at what he did in the return game, when you look at the fact that he is strong, he's athletic, yards after uh, the, the first contact, he's always been good. But in this system, he just hasn't, you know, found a way to understand and fit the way Singletary did. So the question is, are you going to try and change your style and maybe your body type a little bit to fit more into this system? Or are you going to be hell-bent on saying, hey, I'm not putting any miles on my tires, 
And when I get the opportunity to go somewhere else, I'm going to continue to do what I do in a system that's better suited for me. See, I think that Damian Pierce would really like to succeed. Like, sure. he, he gives me the impression that he cares. There, there's some players that I don't think care that much. Now, it's usually the ones that are super talented and they get by on talent and they can still make tons of money. I think Jadavian Clowney is, is a perfect example of that. Jadavian Clowney can roll out of bed and give you production, can give you a, a good football player. Jadavian Clowney, if he had the work ethic of J.J. Watt, would have probably been the greatest defensive end in our time. Like, that's the talent that he had. He just had zero effort, zero desire, zero work ethic. And he's still having really good seasons. Look at the season that he just put together in Baltimore. He's one of the top free agents in all of football. Uh, like, he's top. He's on, like, all these top 50 lists. He just didn't have the work ethic to go from being good to really good to great to like hall of fame type of player but he certainly had the attribute the attributes to do that so i think that pierce isn't like that pierce pierce has the work ethic pierce has the desire pierce has the one to i think damian pierce is square block round hole and it's just yep. not going to work in this specific scheme so my confidence level of damian pierce being able to bounce back and i think it was jonathan alexander that had this story uh for the houston chronicle really good piece and he had quotes from devin singletary and singletary's like well he's gonna be a beast just give them time. Just be patient with them. I don't see it coming. I don't. I don't see the likelihood of Damian Pierce being able to fit this scheme in that in the one year. Like, is that too small of a sample? Yeah, I guess. But I also saw how big of a failure it was with Damian Pierce in year one in this specific scheme. Yeah. Look, I think that he has enough football skill to succeed in the NFL at some degree somewhere else. But yeah, I, I don't believe that the way he's currently constructed, the way he currently runs the football, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be a fit in this system uh, to run the way that, that they, they expect a, a running back to run. But that's not to say that he doesn't have the ability to play somewhere else. But the other thing that I don't think the Texans should be interested in doing is just giving him away. Like, you better get some value for him or at the salary he's making, he gives you some value in terms of the fact that from the special teams game, he can be a return guy. Like, if you need a, a third back or, you know, and you need a, if you wanted to get him to be more of like a short yardage back, he could be a guy that could give you those kind of things. And you just utilize him as the best resource possible for these things instead of being your number one running back. He's probably not going to like that, but you're right. To everything we've seen from him so far is he seems to be more of a team player than I was expecting him to be because you would think that a kid like that after the year that he had his rookie year would be trying to continue to make a name for himself. Yeah, I don't care if he likes it or not. You know me. I know. Um, now, I, I think he can be successful in the NFL. Like that, that's the, I just don't think he can be successful in this specific scheme. I, I do think that, I mean, we saw it year one. Like, it wasn't, I think we did kind of overrate how good of a year it was because he had some stinkers, too. Honestly, he, he had and some, Petrie both, I think we overrated. Probably, because they were like the brightest spots on a lousy mm -hmm. team. Like, Pierce had some games where he had like five carries, seven yards. And I understand the offensive line's not great, play calling's not great, but five carries, seven yards, like those were some stinkers. Like, he had a promising rookie year. We're like, oh, he's on track to becoming this great deal, this great thing. And then he got hit with a scheme that he's not comfortable in. And I really don't have the confidence that he'll be able to be like a starting running back for the Houston Texans. I agree with you that he could be good in a very specific scheme that, you know, kind of uh, highlights and magnifies his strengths in that specific scheme. And I also agree with you that the Texans shouldn't be in the business of just cutting a very cheap running back that can at minimum be your third or fourth running back on this football team. Even if it's short yardage, even if it's only like kick return, even though like how much do you want them to kick return? How much do guys even kick return these days? Not very often because the ball goes out of the back of the end zone. Now, what is the like what is the lowest you would take for a trade? What is bare minimum you would you would take for a for a Damian Pierce trade? I, I think I'm in if you get what you where you drafted him, if you if you could get a fourth for him, I'm interested in taking that because I think that 
If you look at what Sloic's done recently, I mean, at Sloic, if you look at what Casario's done recently in terms of talent evaluation, if the fact that you could get an extra fourth-round pick and you could turn that into someone that could be serviceable for you, then I'm all about doing that. If that, that player could be someone that develops into a, an eventual starter or someone that is a really good you know, backup, I, I'm good with that, and then get him in an environment where he could actually succeed. Uh, I'd start there. I, I'd consider a fifth. I'm not going lower than that because yeah. I think he has value to you that is greater than a sixth or a seventh-round pick in return. I don't think you could get a fourth for him. Uh, like teams don't put a tremendous amount of value on running backs. And if you're going to trade a fourth, you're probably just going to draft a running back in the fourth sure. round, and then you get the two extra years because Pierce has already used half of his four-year rookie contract. If you can get a fifth, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. Six-rounder, eh. Yeah, six and seven I, I'm not interested in. Like I said, fourth is where I would love. Fifth, if, if we get there, I think you can get a good football player there. Yeah, yeah, I I would be okay. I, I would do it for a fifth. If I can get a fifth, I'm willing to do that. I would even take a future fifth. Like, it doesn't even have to be this year. Right. Because, I, I like, that's how strongly I feel that Pierce is not going to He's work in ba- this yeah, game. You're right. It's a square peg round hole. It's a bad fit. It's not that either side is bad for doing it the way they're doing it. It's just not a marriage made in heaven the way it looked like the first year when you had, like I said, Petrie and Pierce were the best players on both sides of the football on a really bad football team. No no slap in the face to them, but when they got on a much better football team, for him it was scheme. For Petrie it was, he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, Alex asking us on the uh, Twitch chat, would you uh, would you sign Jadavian Clowney? Depends on the price. The um, I, I hate his work ethic. But I would if, if there's a very specific scenario that exists where I would be okay with Clowney. Uh, it would it would require John Grenard leaving. Yep. Um, he would have to be willing to like buy in to what D'Amico's selling. But it looked like he bought in Baltimore. He had a Did really they play good together? year. He had a really good year. I don't think so. They ever crossed paths on the team? I don't believe so. I, I don't. I, I thought that maybe Clowney got out before, uh, got in and out before uh, D'Amico retired. But maybe when D'Amico was in Philly. Well, you mean. Well, Jadavion's never played in Philly. You mean like, no, no. I said when D'Amico was in Philly. So maybe D'Amico left the Texans, was in Philly by the time that uh, yeah, that's Clowney nice. got here. Yeah, Clowney's rookie year was fourteen. D'Amico's last year in Houston was eleven. Okay. Like they they did their playing careers overlap by mm-hmm. two years, but D'Amico was uh, in the final two years in Philadelphia. If Grenard, if you if you miss out on Grenard or you don't bring back Grenard and you have to go to free agency to at least find like a defensive end that even at minimum is going to like fight for the starting job or fight for snaps with the rookie. That you draft opposite of Will Anderson, I think you can do far worse than uh, than, than you know. Me, price matters, but at the same time, normally you want a guy that's a veteran, that's hungry, that's trying to chase a, a championship, that really wants to be a part of a really good team. Clowney has shown me as a guy that's always chasing the mighty dollar, but he isn't really willing to do all the things that you you value as a guy that you're getting at a higher vet price. They're going to bust their ass every day, and they're going to be both in practice, but more importantly, on the field, the kind of guy you need him to be. He's starting to get older. Yeah, he had a good year in Baltimore, but at the same time, he's probably chasing another contract for another like ten plus million dollar deal. I'm not sure I'm willing to give Jadavian Clowney ten plus. Yeah, they would. It would come. It would have to be a value. It'd mm-hmm. have to be a value, and I'm not interested in more than like a one year deal. Right. It, 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 you, it would be because you have to find bodies to fill that defensive end spot. Nine seven eight zero says Pierce barely got on the field at the end of the year. Sims off practice squad was the return guy in the playoffs, so he's a wasted spot. Uh, but you still have to carry. Most of the time, you carry four running backs. Uh, a lot of times, you carry three. So, yeah, and depends. to me, it's like when you look at it. You say, all right, well, but don't just give him away. And the fact is, if he's willing to change 
his style and or his physical makeup because he, he's, he's bulked up quite a bit. That's one thing. But he has a job. Like, there's no guarantee. Sure, teams will be enamored with him, but there's no guarantee he's going to get another gig in this league either. So the Texans shouldn't give him away, and he shouldn't just be, you know, completely sold on the fact that some other team in the league is just going to go, yep, we're signing Damian Pierce, and he's going to get carries, or he's going to be our guy. Is there a scenario in which, like, you guys could see Damian Pierce being attached to one of the two fourth-round picks they have to move up into, like, the third? You just like, rarely with, see that. I know. You rarely like, see draft movement that, inc- that includes a player. Yeah. It's not. It's not often. But if if the opportunity was there, would you be willing to do something like that? Include him yeah, with I a would. fourth to move yeah. him back into the third. Yeah, yeah, I'm willing to do that. I mean, it's, it feels like a lot to give up in the moment to get the player you want in the draft. But that player in the draft would have more value. Look, but at the same time, do we even think of a scenario where whoever running back one is is hurt? Do we do we think that there's a scenario next year where Damian Pierce is the fill in or the the guy that's going to solve the problem? No. So if he's not then to that point, then at least get something that brings value to you. And if it's in the case of a trade, that it makes a trade happen where you can get a fourth-round pick now that makes your team better, yeah, I'm all for that. And I think and I think there will be a market for him, you know, just based on how many of He's these, lost a lot of value. He has, for sure. So it's not a good market, but mm-hmm. there are so many of these, like, elite running backs who are now no longer elite but going to hit free agency. Like, who are, how are the Giants going to replace Saquon Barkley? Well, trading Damian Pierce for a fourth or fifth round pick kind of solves that problem on a cheap way for the New York Giants. Even if it's a pick swap. Yeah. I, I don't have a very high desire to keep Damian Pierce on this football team. I'm not cutting him for free. I'm not trading him for a seventh. But if you gave me two sixth, I might do it. If you gave me a fifth, I'm probably doing it. If I can attach him to a fourth round pick and move up into the middle of the third round, I'm, I'm doing it. I just don't have a whole lot of desire for Damian Pierce. How can we make the Texans better? Mock draft season. Uh, you guys know the drill on these live reads. We, we talk up a product that we truly like. We really do. We, we pitch it to you. We sell it to you. And, and in turn, because you're our loyal listeners, you, you give it a shot. We thank you for that. It says right here, 415 Live Read Gentle Ben. Uh, but that doesn't feel right today. And the reason that it doesn't, uh, I found out yesterday morning that Ricky Ford passed away. Uh, Gentle Ben was one of my first partners when I started here. I quickly got to know Ricky. Very lucky to call him a friend. Uh, what I learned about Ricky was that he loved his family. He, he loved General Ben. It was his dad's project that he pushed across the finish line. It meant a lot to him. It was a passion project of his. But Ricky's best skill wasn't crafting spirits. Although he was world-class at that, his best skill was that he was a people person. He could make you feel like a longtime friend in a matter of moments. So instead of pitching you General Ben in these 60 seconds, I asked the next time you have a drink, General Ben, not General Ben, Pray for his family. Give Ricky a thought and remember the kindness that he brought to this world. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. It's 3% there, Spence. He's Blank on Branham. How do we get the Texans better today? Uh, We're going to be the 2024 Executive of the Year. It's mock draft season. The NFL draft will be here before you know it. We'll be going to the NFL draft, huh? The last people in this time (laughs) slot went to the NFL draft. It's a very accurate statement. No. 
No, that's a hard no. Look how that. We have zero yeah, pull. Look at, we, we have, don't we get have any zero kind of love pool. as opposed to the... They ruined it. If we had a wheelhouse, could we will our way maybe to we, it? You know, uh, maybe I'm not sure I want to go. If we wanted Where to go, it? we probably could. Where is it? Where I don't want to go to Detroit. It's oh. in Detroit? Ooh. Oh, wait. You know, is this your Green Bay? Ooh. Ooh. That sounds fun. I would love to go to Green Bay. Now... I would really like to go to Green Bay to go to Lambeau. And we should this next year because the Texans are there. Joe, wear, wear one of those boss hats. Demand, go into the, go upstairs, pound on the door of the suits and say, we're going to Houston at Green Bay this year. No, and take no, take nothing, take you, a, uh, take, don't take a no for an answer. You got a red uh, yeah. wig anywhere? Or uh, a Jets hat? Just I, go in and yeah. be completely yeah. ruthlessly angry and say, we are going. I, I definitely actually, I really do want to do that. I think that would be awesome. There's a, hard, there's um, a butt coming I, here. No, I have lots of ideas of how we're going to accomplish that. It's on my to-do list. Joe, this if, year. if you don't pull it off. Can we can we put your job at stake? No, if no, you let's not do that. I mean, no. We just have a little fun here. No, we just have a little fun. Maybe just your on air personality. Yeah, but, but if you demand it, stand on the table for the killer bees. Yeah, but I can't fund it. I'm broke. Ninety nine. <laughs> uh, draft is in Detroit. We're not going. Oh yeah, get out. Hard next pass. Year. Yeah, we're next not year going to in Green Bay. I think next year's in Green. We're Bay. not Ben Johnson. We don't want to be in Detroit. Sorry, Brendan Riley. No, but we have the alternative today. for this year if we can go to that Texans. I want to go to that. Te- I want to go to Texans at Green Bay. And I want to go to uh, Astros at Wrigley. Wrigley, yeah. It's a great venue. There you go, Joe. Honestly. Make it happen. I wouldn't want to go to that one. Oh, Why? my God. He doesn't want to put in no, the work to get there. there already too much? It's April. It's going to be really cold. Oh, April's a little bit more tricky. You, you, you get you the, soft now? No, you get the wind off of Lake Michigan and it, at Wrigley in April. Yeah. It's usually an unenjoyable experience. What is their big you beer there? Been? Goose Island? Just drink yeah. enough of those and Wait, we'll be fine. Never, have true. you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there once. Okay, because, I mean, if it's your first time at Wrigley, it doesn't matter when. You just got to go. But if we've all been there already, sure, ideally, it'd be in the middle of summer. I mean, summer yes, time. I would love yeah. to go. April makes it difficult for me, too, because I'd be in the heart of UH baseball season. And I have been, I've been scouting businesses that have locations in both Houston and Chicago. Mm. Mm. Well, it sounds yeah. like Green Bay needs to be your focus. Yeah, it seems more likely. All right, make it happen. Now, Joe. can I ask you a question? Mm-mm, How soft are you? I'm not soft. What, ha- what, ha- what happens if it's... December twenty first. Oh, it's great, but, uh, Joe. I've I've broadcasted a game from the sidelines in an ice bowl. I'm just making sure it was like three degrees. I don't even know. Excuses and I, and I stood this. there outside for four hours. By the way, don't underestimate what we can pull off. To it, we don't have to necessarily be outside the entire time at Lambeau if we so choose. There you go. Blanker's got connections. Yeah. See. Well, it sounds between Joe having all of these dreams and and ways to do it, and Blanker's you know hookups. That this yeah, sounds this like a lock. Is, if this starts, if this starts to materialize, like lock. don't I, don't sleep on the I fact think, that we can pull some things. Lock, already, I think lock is a stretch, but we'll go for it. I'm already gonna I'm gonna go search Amazon for some long underwear because it sounds like you guys are telling me it's about happening. It. There's there's a sporting goods store on Lombardi Avenue on the way into the venue, and it is utilized a lot. But do they overprice it there? I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's just you can get yourself some hand warmers, foot warmers, and some long johns, and it's you're not going to blow a hundred bucks. There you go. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to go to Lambo with you guys. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to hold you to this, Joe. And then hold you if to the it. Bucks are home that weekend. We can make that happen too. Man, <laughs> depends on who they play. Who's the coach? Are they going to fire Doc yet? Nope. Uh, let's let's make the Texans better. Almost mock draft. It is mock draft season. As the draft is right around the corner, Killer Bees will not go there because we we've given the option to go to Detroit, but we don't want to go to Detroit. Uh, Caleb Williams. This one's from USA Today, by the way. It's a, a fellow by the name of Nate Davis. So Caleb Williams goes to the Bears. Congratulations, Joe. You have a real quarterback now. Washington takes Jaden Daniels. We're seeing this 
more and more often, which doesn't make me excited. Uh, Number three, New England, Drake May. Okay, that's fine. Marvin Harrison at number four. No surprise there. That's been the one we've seen at four for Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Rome Adunze. Number five to the Chargers. We've seen Brock Browers in that spot. Malik Neighbors, number six to the Giants. Then Joe Ott to Tennessee. Dallas Turner to Atlanta. Nate Wiggins to Chicago. And then Brock Bowers slides to number 10. How about that target for Aaron Rodgers, huh? You would have Garrett Wilson, Brock Bowers... That would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Are you Not to mention me? Brees Hall. I was going to say you got Brees Hall, and you'd have the tight end that he wanted. You see, oh by the way, uh, Gronk last night on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, and they said, "Do you still get calls?" And he said, "Yeah, I got two calls last year. One of them from right here in this city that wanted me to play. Huh. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the Giants." Should Bobby Slowick uh, or should uh, Nick Casario give him a call? I would call Gronk. You kidding me? No, he's he. Look, the way he talked about it last night, he m- made sure to mention his eleven surgeries and the fact that he's enjoying himself a lot more now. I'd still, I'd still make him tell me no. Uh, he has other quarterbacks in this uh, first round: Jake J. McCarthy to Minnesota, Bo Nix to Denver at number twelve. Where was McCarthy? Wow. Number eleven. Oh my! Number eleven. He's to Minnesota. climbing too. That seems high. I just don't see that. He's got the body of Johnny Manziel to me. Right? Am I offering that? Like I just don't no. see him pass the ball enough to think that in the NFL he's going to be a, 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 an accurate, successful passer. I don't, I don't think I don't see it either. Like that, he to me screams, "Like congratulations to the Minnesota Vikings! You just fired your general manager and your head coach because you drafted JJ McCarthy." And, and I think they like their head coach a lot, but I think that yeah, I don't know that even even a co- an offensive coach like that. Could do something with him. Uh, would you rather have J.J. McCarthy or the rumored Kirk Cousins two years, $90 million guarantee? I think you win more games in those two years with Kirk Cousins. I think you're right. Agree. But how many and how far do you go? Because I, I don't know that it makes that big playoffs. of a difference. Playoffs. I think your ceiling's playoffs. Is it fair to say that J.J. McCarthy is a poor man, Zach Wilson? I don't know if it's fair to say a poor man, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's pretty I think Zach Wilson's terrible. got a stronger arm. <laughs> Um, I haven't really seen J.J. McCarthy that much to have an idea about his arm. He just doesn't – he just didn't do enough. Like I think he's pretty athletic. I think he's kind of Manziel-ish, not as electric as Manziel. But I don't – whenever I watched him play – and I only, I only watched him play in the Ohio State game, and I only watched him play in the two college football playoff games. Mm-hmm. I only saw him play three times. Um, he doesn't really scream first-round NFL no, quarterback he doesn't. to he me. Doesn't. No he wow factor. quarterback. Normally, we see a quarterback in those games or something, and something stands out and goes, well, like, you know, what we talk about, CJ was all about all the touch that he had mm-hmm. in certain things. There are certain guys that you just – it's immediately, oh, strong arm. Boy, he's, he's capable. Or he can run. I look at him and nothing wowed me. Nothing said to me, oh, there's a first-round yeah. talent that has to be taken. I thought he, someone would take him in the second or third round. Now, he didn't have to wow you because Michigan was so dang talent. good. Yeah. So maybe a lot of this is just like you just didn't see it with uh, J.J. McCarthy. Now, I certainly didn't. He, he looks like a backup quarterback to me. He doesn't look like this stud, you know, come into the NFL and be a starter from day one. Now, maybe you can groom him year three, year four. Maybe it's a situation where you resign Cousins for two years and you draft McCarthy, so he takes over. He's the heir apparent. But I do think he needs some developing. Uh, I don't think he's quite there yet. Now, I don't love Bo Nix either, and they have him going number either. 12 to Denver, and, like, he's kind of old. Although Lance, I talked to Lance a little bit about him, and he, he seems to be a fan, so it kind of made me think twice about it. Uh, no other quarterbacks taken by the time the court, the uh, Texans get on the clock at number 23. So this one has the uh, Texans taking Jerzon Newton, the defensive tackle from Illinois, which has been a name that we've discussed before. His 
like where he's at on big boards is actually higher than where he's going in mocks. Now, it's probably because of the position, defensive tackle. You know, a lot of times you don't see defensive tackles go that early. So he is somebody that's pretty highly regarded, but he slides to the 20s because he's a defensive tackle. Dallas takes a Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle from Arizona, and then Green Bay takes Troy Fatuna, the, uh, the Washington offensive lineman that thinks they're probably going to play guard in the NFL. So I think you can eliminate Jordan Morgan, who is the tackle, and put your feet into Nick Casario's shoes. You can take Jerzon uh, Newton, defensive tackle from Illinois, or you can take who would play a guard for you, uh, Troy Fatuno uh, yeah. from Washington. To me, though, but the, the fact is is that we're talking about offensive. I'm just, I'm just going by position alone. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at position of need for the Texans, and I'm looking at the guys that I have to choose from. And, and if you say it, it, it's Fountainu, or you, or you say however you say it, or you say that it's another offensive lineman from Arizona, or you're telling me that I'm getting a defensive lineman when D'Amico has very specifically said he wants to improve his defensive line, then I'm thinking that's a position of need, and I'm going to stick with the Illinois defensive tackle because of the fact that I don't think that they're going to take a first-round pick on an offensive tackle for sure. And I think that they've done enough and especially committed a lot of financial resources to three of the five positions on the offensive line. I just, to me, this is a no-brainer that they're going to go to the defensive side of the football and they're going to take a tackle. Well, I think Fatuno would probably play guard for you if you were to draft him. Here it looks like he's the heir. They have him scheduled going to Green Bay to be the heir apparent at left tackle to Bakhtiari. Yeah. If that's the case, then I, I mean, i got to be sold that he can play a different offensive position than tackle. I was going off of Lance's uh, prospect oh. grade or prospect profile where they say that he's probably going to move to guard. So he's probably one of those guys that's capable of doing both. Like Kenyon mm-hmm. Green was capable of doing both, but they moved him to guard immediately. Um, most of what I've read about him, he is a guard. I wouldn't mind guard at 23 at all. Like I- I'm totally best player available. So if you tell me that you're going to take the best player available at 23 and he's a guard, I'm okay with that because the Texans need to get better running the football. I'm not sold in the left guard of the Houston Texans. Now, this would like if you're drafting a guard, Juice Scruggs is your center. So like the offensive line's kind of sexy if you draft a first round left guard because now you have Laramie Tunsil, really good. You have first round left guard, you're expecting a left guard that you drafted in the first round to be really good. Now it didn't work the last time yet with Kenyon Green. Juice Scruggs had a really good rookie season, albeit at left guard, but I think he's naturally a center. Then Shaq Mason, who was solid for you last year as your right guard, and Titus Howard moves back to his natural position at right tackle. I feel like you're one offensive lineman away from having a really good offensive line. If you don't add a starting guard or center, now you have some questions. Now it's either Juice Scruggs, Jared Patterson, and Kenyon Green, and two of those guys have to start. Love what Jared Patterson gave you, but a six-rounder, are you guaranteed that he's going to be a really good piece for a really good offensive line? I'm not really, I'm not willing to make that promise. And then the same thing with Kenyon Green. So I'm okay. Like I've seen a lot of people, well, you can't do that. You've already spent so many draft resources on guard. I don't care. I'm trying to make this team better. I don't care what I did in the past. I care what I do at this point going forward. And if that means that you feel like you should draft the guard, I can live with that decision. I will not be cussing Nick Casario's name if he drafts a guard at number 23. In this instance, though, I, I really like the prospects of Jerzon Newton. Uh, the defensive tackles are really a hole right now for your team. You have like one under contract. Uh, and you ta- you've heard D'Amico Ryan say that you have to beef up this position. So I'm going Jerzon Newton here. Uh, don't hate guard, but I'm going Jerzon Newton in this simulation. Joe? Yeah, same. I think uh, to me it's not even close because part of it, the equation I think here is C.J. Stroud. We saw him. He can still work his magic with your current offensive line. Like, do they need to improve it? Yes. But you got your ass kicked pretty consistently throughout the season by other teams' run games. And, like, it, it's a huge problem. And Jerzon Newton, 
he helps solve a huge hole on your defense. Whether you bring back Collins and Rankins, all those guys, whoever's under contract and not under contract, I think this is a massive need for the Texans. So it's a no-brainer for me. Now, I, I kind of nitpick what you said about offensive line, like CJ still working his magic. I, I think that the run game has to improve. For sure. It does, but my biggest issue with the run game is that I don't know how much the pieces you have in place can be fixed. Like Laramie Tunsil, I know we don't love pro football focus, but like if you just look at what they do, every single time they put up a pass block grade for him, it's in the 90s, and it's in like the 70s or low 80s for run game. Titus Howard, same thing, whether he's playing left guard or right tackle, pass grade's good, run grade's not. So like, I'm not even sure adding a guard fixes your all your problems. The, I think they're pretty prevalent. The, the one thing that I do like is the fact that both Patterson and, and Juice can play multiple positions because the depth is was obviously an issue early in the as they started the season and early and all year for the most part that you want to try and avoid and at least you give some versatility. But that left guard position is going to be so hyper important that you're right. I can't worry about feelings and I can't worry about Nick Casario saying we got to give my guy because I drafted him in the first round every opportunity. I got to be better because this team isn't just a team, you know, trying to be, break 500 and, and be a, a top two team in the division. This team is trying to take it to a level greater than what they did a year ago. And to do that, you have to upgrade that particular position more than any other on the offensive line. 8815, George Fan is the right tackle. He was amazing this year. Titus Howard is an overrated turnstile. While that might be true, George Fan's a free agent, and Titus Howard would cost you more money if you got rid of him than to keep him. So you're pot committed uh, to Titus boat Howard. Boat. And it's it's upside down to his contract right now. 8807, NFL teams get weird during the draft. Take BPA, don't overthink it. I'm a fan of that. Triple zero two. Hold up, Jeremy. Uh, you said that you wanted Aggie Lyman to get a fair shot at his drafted position, but now you're saying that you want to draft his position. You don't want them to compete. If the best player available is a guard at 23, I am drafting him, and I do not care about the feelings of Kenyon Green. And if Kenyon Green can beat out that first-round left guard that I just picked, cool. you got a good problem on your hands. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line 713-780-3776. Cash it or trash it with the Killer Bees. What are your hot takes? Do you want us to cash or trash? We have ours as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Prepare for overreaction on my mark. It's that time of the week where overreactions are not only welcome, they're celebrated. They say Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time, but he never fought Cassius Clay. It's Cash'em or Trash'em with the Killer Bees. This is your hot take. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. What are your hot takes? You want us to cash your trash? 713-780-3776. Blankers, why don't you do the honor and lead us off? I got a good one for you, I think. I think you guys will react to this one. But uh, Tom Brady now is scheduled to be on the A-team on Fox next year. Isn't that a show down the dial? As they break up. The Greg Olson team with um, Kevin uh, Burkhart. Burkhart. And Kevin Burkhart now gets Tom Brady. I think Greg Olson replaces Chris Collinsworth and goes to Sunday Night Football and makes Sunday Night Football a whole hell of a lot better. Do we know their contracts? He can get out if he's not the number one guy, right, Joe? Yeah, Greg Olson has a provision in his contract with this Brady thing that if he's elevated to the number one position at a different network, he can leave. Wow. At least that's what was reported by Andrew Marshan like last year. And Andrew Marshan knows stuff. 
So you like you like uh, Greg Olson more than Collinsworth? Oh, absolutely. So you would have you would team Tarico and Olson? Absolutely, that'd be pretty good. I think that would be better than solid. That might be one of the. It'd be better than Fox. I wonder what the cost would be for. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that Brady's very good. I don't think so either. I think he's afraid to call out guys. Uh, I mean, he's been pretty critical of some people. I think he's just going to be kind of laid back and boring, um, his delivery and stuff. I wonder what Collingsworth situation's like. I wonder if they can get out of his pretty easy. I don't know. They and hired his kid, yeah, too, and they gave his kid a whole lot of jobs. And he does, like, Olympic stuff. I think this is a his great does, idea. Right? not him. No, I think Chris Collinsworth does Chris Olympic stuff. Chris was begging to go to the Olympics. Last was, Olympics, he was doing stuff. Like, well, he was on the studio, like, interviewing, like, the Olympic athletes. He was begging Tariko to be a part of the Olympic coverage. I guess he was, around. maybe he was dropped this year. Yeah, then. maybe. It seems maybe like they like that, Collinsworth. I think that if I was running NBC, I would cash this, but it seems like they're in bed with Collinsworth. Like, they brought his kid in. Maybe he's not doing Olympics anymore. I'm going they to. They brought his kid in to replace him. He is no, under contract not until not as, 2025. Yeah. That's probably not too expensive then. That's NBC. Twelve and a half million a year. They'll eat that. Twelve and a half million a year. Or they'll let him do Notre Dame football. I'm going to trash this, not because I don't think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I would love it. I just don't think they're they're going to do this to Collinsworth. And it seems like they like Collinsworth. But it does bring up an interesting point on where Greg Olson ends up. It really does. Because I I could see him replacing Romo. A lot of people have tired of Romo. Yeah, but he just makes so much. Yeah, he does. I don't know how how many years he's got left on his deal. But I think that CBS would love to have Greg Olson. I'm going to go conservative here and say that Greg Olson's just going to take the demotion to the number two color guy for Fox with the idea that maybe Brady doesn't last too long yeah. and then immediately gets brought back up. That's what I'm going to go with uh, Olsen. Yeah, I'm going to trash it trash. as well, but kind of in the same vein where I think I-, I could see him replace Collinsworth eventually, you know, after 2025 when his contract ends, or or what kind of Jeremy said. We'll just kind of wait and see. Now, with Tariko, they brought him in, and they, they let him waiting. wait. And he did right. a few games here and there, and like when they had a double game, he would do it. But Tariko did so much other stuff. Yeah. But think about this. Aikman and Buck, Fox guys, end up on ESPN. And NBC's not afraid. They took Maria Taylor from ESPN, Mm -hmm. set her up until she was ready to be in the studio. Like you said, they're not afraid to do that with Tariko. Why wouldn't they also be, be aggressive and say, this guy's just damn good. Why don't we make sure we don't lose him? Go get him. And put him in the, and then yeah. just move Collinsworth around. I think it's a good idea. I, I really do. I just don't see NBC pulling the trigger. Tony on Romo's contract was signed in 2021. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a 10 year deal. Oh, I think he sucks too. It, we I think he's about, yeah. really bad. We and, talked about it yesterday a yes, little bit after you, you know, got kicked out of I your hotel room. Out of hotel. <laughs> um, I was, but yeah, he's not good. I was having a and and the other there. thing was is that more and more the word is getting out that he used to put a whole lot of effort into it, and now he's just he's just mailing it in. Yeah, I'm not a. I'll, you can tell he doesn't do homework, and then he just talks like in these totalities. Like that, there, he had a three yard screen there. He was probably going to take it to the house from fifty yards out. My favorite. What? There was my, four guys in front of him. Tones. My, my favorite was this weekend. He said the game is over, and then within yeah. seconds he started backtracking. Not that it's over yet. Wait, time out. <laughs> yes. And let's that. not forget the completion from Lamar Jackson to Lamar Jackson was the greatest oh, yeah. play in AFC Conference Championship history. Yeah, he talks in these totalities that drive me nuts. Drive me nuts. Uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, here's my cash from attraction. Lamar is in Josh Allen territory in that he will never lead a team to a Super Bowl win. I'm going to cash this. What? You trashed my Allen one... I'm going to cap because I believe that Lamar has a whole lot. Allen, to me, in the playoffs, 
has still played very, very, very well. And that duel with Mahomes is not something that I'm going to easily forget. And and is and yes, and they both can run the football. But I, I just look at this and say, Lamar is more and more really coming, becoming James Harden to me. And it's really getting to him in his head. And this was their ultimate year for me that they that they were going to win it all. And I just I didn't like the I didn't like the way he played. All right, I'm gonna trash it. Trash. I still think Lamar is gonna get one. And maybe it's like sometimes numbers can fool you. But I don't know if you guys guys saw this. This guy named Cam Jones. He's gone viral on Twitter because he laid out the playoff numbers for the first six years for Lamar Jackson and Peyton Manning, and they are frightenly similar. Hmm. Like they are almost identical. How are the rushing yards. Uh, that's not on there. But like, <laughs> I inter- can't imagine why that wouldn't be on interceptions, there. total touchdowns, win loss record, completion percentage. Like it's almost all the same. Like it took Peyton Manning nine years to win his first Super Bowl. That's crazy. I still, I still think, I think Lamar and Allen have one in them. All right, between them or each? I think each. Ooh. Not a whole lot of Super Bowls to go around when Pat Mahomes and C.J. Stratter are in the league. And Joe Joey George. B. And, and, and Joey Burrow. Justin Herbert and Jimmy Harbaugh. They're coming. They're coming. Okay, maybe one between the two of them. All right, what are you, what are you selling? What are you cashing and trashing? Uh, ben Johnson will be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Mm. I'm going to trash this. I think he's waiting for trash. an established quarterback. What if Caleb is 80% of C.J.? 70% of C.J.? I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'm going to trash it simply because trash. of the fact that he loves the Lions so much. I don't think he wants to be in the same division with them either. And, and I'm not sure Ooh. if he's going to be sold on Caleb. But I think that he is look Based on what he's turning down, he's looking for a plug-and-play situation yeah. more than a young quarterback. I almost went with he's the next Eric Bietta. That's a great call with uh, being in the same division with Detroit. Like He has an admiration for them, clearly. Yep. That's, a, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, trash, trash, trash. All right, let's get to the HRP listener line. Pena's got a cash or he trash for us. He always says two, and these are long. All right, Pena, be short. Pena, what's your cash or trash for the Killer Bees? All right, cash or trash, guys. Uh, in this year's draft, the Texans will trade back for a couple t- – uh, uh, just to recuperate from last year's draft. Uh, thank you. Have a great day. What did he say? The Texans will trade back no, in Pena, this don't. year's draft to make up for last year. Oh. Um – I'm gonna trash that. I don't think he's gonna. I don't trash. think Casario is gonna do anything to make up for last year. Last year's in the rear view, and it turned out pretty well. Um, turned and, out really well. And also because of the fact that they're not picking in the top ten to fifteen, I, I think that you know that he's gonna he's gonna take best player available at, at twenty three. I could see him trade. He's a Will and Dylan son of a gun. Yeah. Now, if, if there's no one that they like there, or there's multiple guys that they like, yeah, if he can add an extra pick, but the pick you're going to add isn't going to be anything more than he'll trade away for a quarterback see, that never sees the field. I'm nitpicking the motive though. Like it, what, it, what he's going to do isn't going to be determined based on last year. He's not going to do anything to make up for last year. Right. He feels very good with the trade that he made, as he should. But I, he, I could definitely see him making trades. He's a, he's yeah, trades he, a lot. He's like a little Daryl Morey. He trades in terms a lot. Of his trades. Yeah. Uh, cash or trash? Marvin Harrison Jr. will be the best player in the draft and should be the number one pick instead of these teams forcing top picks on these QBs. I would cash that. I, I think Marvin Harrison is the the surest thing in this in the top part of this draft. See, I think his range is the best player in this draft to the second best receiver in this draft. Like, could to, Malik to, Neighbors to have Rome? a better career? Could Rome have a better career? Potentially. I think Harrison Coleman. I think I think Harrison's well, the safest pick in this draft, and I think his range is number one player in the draft to number two receiver. And let me give you the draft. other caveat. Brock Bowers could be one of the better tight ends. Yeah, he could. So he could be he could be a stud tight end for, for the next, you know, 
several years. Just I'm, I'm gonna go. I think the best player in the draft. I guess I'm biased. Maybe not. I don't know. I think it's gonna be Joel. Alt. Okay. All like, right. I, I think he is gonna be a franchise left tackle for whoever takes him. There you go. Can his nickname be Control Alt Delete? Oh, cash or trash? The production gap between CJ Stroud and Bryce Young in three years will increase from results after their rookie season. So will Stroud increase the gap in these next three years? Uh, I'll cash that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sold on Bryce Young. I'm, I'm not gonna cash it too. And, and the size, really, as much as we over talked about it leading up to that draft, seeing him on the field and just seeing him in a couple of games this year, uh, that first day, that first day of training camp, when he was out there without pads on, yeah, and you saw the photo, I was like, oh man. Well, I, and the one, so remember, remember the one where he was sitting courtside watching a jazz game oh, with CJ and a couple yeah. other guys. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, but they can they can mess with the photo. He's no. really not that small. Oh, yes, he is. It looked like C.J. Stroud was babysitting his it really kid did. brother. Uh, 1642, trash the killer bees for the Will Anderson trade-up talk. Okay. Or are you cashing or trashing? Oh, I guess he trashed it. Yeah, I he mean, trashed us. You could have had Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. Just saying. I found it ironic the other day. You know Patrick Stro- uh, Storm or Strom? He's big like with the Texans or whatever. Sometimes he breaks news. He does a really good job. But I found it ironic. He's like, the Texans need to have a draft like the Lions did where they got Gibbs and Laporta. And I was like, oh, I, bit, I, I bit my tongue and I didn't say anything. But it was like, eh. you? I, I don't I don't like to comment to be on people's okay. Twitters. I, I don't really like if they comment on mine, then all right, well I'll counter punch, but I don't really like throwing punches on Twitter. Uh eight eight zero seven, uh there, some people are ganging up on you here, Joe. Uh except Lamar isn't becoming Peyton L O L. Uh who did that Manning Jackson comp? I'm kinda leaning towards Joe George now after this new information. They don't like the Lamar Peyton Manning. I'm just saying, like it took it took it took Peyton a while. You said they had similar stats. They did. They're identical. You're not really the same type of player. I'm just saying. It took Peyton a while. He might figure it out. 713-780-ESPN. Six-man rotation for the Astros? Is that in the cards? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, another word for Daisy Dips. Daisy Dips, perfect addition to whatever kind of a party you're throwing. If it's a watch party, if it's a big game party, if it's just having some people over to the house to hang out party, you should get yourself some Daisy Dips. Perfect because they can sit in the fridge till you need them. They are, they are easy. Easily accessible. Just go to your grocery store, look in the dairy aisle, grab you the ranch, grab you the the, the uh, French onion, and you are set up for whatever you're going to serve food-wise because they're going to make everything better. From your favorite chips to your, your veggie dips to the fact that you can use them with pizza and you can use them with wings, those dips are fantastic. They're resealable, too, so you can seal up the carton, you can use it again, you can go to with whatever you need them for, and they are available all the time. You don't have to sit there in the kitchen and make them yourself and waste all that time and energy trying to get that mix just right. They are waiting for you to serve to them, and when you do, you are going to be absolutely pleased with the results and how many people say how great they are. Check them out today. Go to your local grocery store. Grab you a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, Will Doctor is covering the Houston Sports Awards for ESPN 97.5. I listen to his podcast each and every week. Yes, you do. He's out on the red carpet. He's a hell of a golf. Yeah, I imagine. He knows his golf, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to get him on for the major weeks. So That'd be great. Bets. He's he played really, in college. Really good talk. He, he knows like every player. He, I mean, I guess it's what he does. 
But he's uh, yeah, he's sharp when it comes to uh, the game of golf, the beautiful game. And true story, his dad was a doctor, so he was Dr. Doctor. Dr. Doctor. <laughs> we'll get to the Astros six-man rotation in two minutes, but Rick has been on the line for a long, long time, and he wants to talk J.J. McCarthy, and I want to give him a chance to talk mm. J.J. McCarthy. So, Rick, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up, Rick? Hey, guys. How are y'all? A huge Michigan fan. Been watching J.J. for the last two years. Um, I think he's going to be a solid pro. He's uh, athletic. He's tough. Uh, Above average arm. Throws really, really well on the move. Some of the frustrating aspects about him, he doesn't throw the greatest deep ball. He throws it a little too flat. And then there are some, like, really obvious throws, you know, easy throws that you think he would automatically make that he doesn't make. But I think he's got um, a lot of upside. The players, the locker room at Michigan loved him. Tons of intangibles. So I think he's going to be a solid pro. So I'll hang up and listen. Is he worthy of a first-round pick because of intangibles and the fact that he could be a solid pro? Well, I would say that the intangibles matter more at the quarterback position than any other position. Like, if you have the ability to make the throw, I don't really care about how pretty it looks or how strong the arm is. Now, I mean, arm strength matters. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can get it there in two seconds versus three seconds, that matters. You allow your receiver some, you know, yards after the catch possibility, things like that. But I think that we overlook intangibles. Now, I would agree, uh, intangibles for number eleven, because you know who he just, you know, what he sounded like whenever he he just described JJ McCarthy to us, the, the kid from Georgia. Uh, no, to me, he sounded like he was describing a more higher potential Brock Purdy. Okay, that's fair too. But what was the kid that wanted the championship and was Stetson dr- Bennett? Yeah, Bennett. Because yeah. Bennett, they said he was smart. He processed it, reading defenses. You know, he was he was a he's going to be a great backup, or he could be a you know a serviceable quarterback. But he was a twenty eight year old drunk. Well, well, sure, but <laughs> I mean, we haven't, and it's not like that was the first time we saw that. We saw other quarterbacks that were were getting caught chasing away, you know, chasing down some beverages and getting chased by the cops. The fact to me is, is I'm, I'm not I'm not taking a first round pick on a guy that you know has some, has some of the intangibles, but. When it depends on where I am with the rest of my football team. Yeah, I like I like intangibles for a quarterback. I don't know if I love it at number eleven. It, it seems high now. I think he is more skilled than Brock Purdy. Like Tim Tebow is a guy who got drafted in the first round because of his intangibles. Tebow didn't have really any skill uh, other than he, he can run pretty good, ball. but he couldn't really throw. So I think JJ McCarthy has some talent. I don't think he has first round talent, but it is good to know that about the intangibles. Yeah, and yeah, appreciate the call. Look, if he could go second or third round, and is a guy you could develop, or like. I could see Harbaugh taking him if he falls to the third round and having him play behind Herbert and, and, and giving him a chance to kind of just get comfortable in the NFL and learn some things and be his backup. Yep. seven one three seven eight zero espn So the Astros, they have a surplus of starting pitching. Uh, you look at what they're currently going to open up the season with, knock on wood, hopefully there's no injuries. Justin Verlander, Frommer Valdez up top. You have Christian Javier, Hunter Brown in the middle, and then you have Jose Arquiti and J.P. France contributing for the fifth and sixth spots. Spencer Arigati, Arigati, uh he's somebody that you probably should know. I don't think he's going to make the team out of spring training, they but, like him. but maybe he does get a cup of coffee uh, before the end of the season. I just don't see him getting, there's like starting the clock on him whenever you have six guys that are currently like major league ready uh, and you don't really know what he's going to bring to the table. Now, maybe you can like make, see, I don't see him even making the bullpen because I, I don't think that they want him to be a reliever. I think they want him stretched out to be a starter. But we mentioned six starters there. Arigetti's not one of them, uh, although I do expect to see him at some point this year. Lance McCullers is supposed to come back this year. 
we'll see. And then Luis Garcia is supposed Hope to come back this year. Tonight we'll, we'll see that as well. Should the Astros use a six-man rotation this season? Yeah, for sure. Because I think it's used. You know what? You've got guys that have proven to be fragile. You have guys that have proven to break down. That that need a, an extra day here or there. We've seen them use this as a strategic move for now what multiple seasons. Verlander's the guy that ends up hating it towards the end of the year and wants, and he's obviously chasing numbers as well as the fact that you know he didn't want to use it. And the year that he didn't want to use it, it seemed like he kind of got gassed later in the year. But I think that where he's at in his career too, it could be beneficial to everybody on this staff, other and maybe even with a Hunter Brown, as young as Hunter Brown is. I think it's beneficial to any pitching staff. I think it's extremely beneficial when you can do it with this pitching staff and because of the fact that this pitching staff is talented and it has a history with, a, with several guys with injuries and you need to keep them healthy to be the best team you can be. So I, I think absolutely they should use it. I don't think that they're going to be committed to it one way or the other. I don't think that they're going to be a five-man rotation. I don't think that they're going to be a six-man rotation team. I think they're going to kind of inter, like go between both of them, uh, depending on what the calendar's like, depending on what the schedule's like. Whenever you have a 20-game and 21-day stretch, I expect them to use a six-man rotation. If they have three weeks where they have three different off days in that three-week span, I expect them to go back to a five-man rotation. So I expect them to be this hybrid. I expect them to be a hybrid five, six man. And if everybody stays healthy, you know, Verlander, Fromber, Javier, I would even include Hunter Brown. I think Hunter Brown's the number four starter on this team because of the upside. Like you're going to prioritize the upside of Hunter Brown before you prioritize Jose Arquiti, J.P. France. So the top four, uh, J.V., Fromber, Javier, Hunter Brown will be the priority. And then whenever you have to go from a six-man to a five-man, depending on what the schedule is telling you that week or that stretch of two weeks or three weeks, is when you'll start to see like one of those guys become a long man, maybe even piggyback. Uh, I don't know if it'll be J.P. France. I don't know if it'll be Jose Arquiti. But they'll either piggyback or one of them will turn into a long reliever depending on the schedule. So it's not, to me, like this hard binary yes or no. I think that they're going to do it like they did it last year where it's more hybrid. Yeah, But I think it's a, it's a, it's an intelligent move. It's a strategic move. It's a successful move. If you're a baseball team that any team that wants to be successful and kind of at least give yourself some flexibility, saving your arms a little bit and all the wear and tear, but also because of how important it is as a priority, the health is of a pitching staff that's been through as much as this one has. Yeah, and I mean... The difficulty is if you don't have very good back end of the rotation starters, though. Like, it's difficult to do a six-man rotation if you're a team that's trying to, like, get into the playoffs and you don't have that starting pitcher depth. So it is a luxury that the Astros have. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, 7017. Will Luis Garcia be back at all? He's supposed to return in the summer. Like, it's a 12-month injury, roughly. Uh, so he's supposed to come back sometime in the summer, which sometime is kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact timeline. Uh, but that's kind of nice, like... Yeah, you would like to have them at the start of the year, but like reinforcements in the middle of the season, it's not, you know, it could be a little bit of a blessing. Who knows? 713 mm-hmm. uh, 780 ESPN. Way too early Super Bowl odds for 2025. Are the Texans worth a bet? Are they being valued correctly? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.